system linked. WA1, WA, this is KJ4VO, directly linked from W4VOC, walk one two. Cal, you copy? KJ4VO. Good afternoon. WA1 WOK on the K1HRO Port C. How are you doing this afternoon? Yeah, we're doing good. Doing good. Weather's fine. And, uh, yeah, Hi, I'm Dave Bushell, KZ1O, and this is 99hobbies.com. Welcome back to 99hobbies.com. Today we're going to talk about D-Star, digital amateur radio, and what it means to you. I'm here today with Cal, WA1WOK. Hi, Cal. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing great. I'm glad that uh, you took some time aside from your busy schedule to talk to us here at 99 Hobbies. Well, it's a pleasure, and I'm glad to do it at any time. Super. Uh, Before we get started, we're going to talk about D-Star today, but... uh, if you could let our listeners know a little bit about your uh, your ham radio history. Well, I started off, Dave, as a youngster around the 60s, and uh, just before I went in the service and started my ham radio uh, background with uh, being a novice, and then I went into the service. So I didn't get a chance to really play that much at the beginning. And uh, once I uh, came back on leave, I managed to get my technician and played with that for a while. But while I was overseas, I managed to play on ham radio uh shall we say, using the Mars system, which is something maybe we could talk about at some time. Sure. Um, But I got to to deal a lot with that and met some very interesting people that we can talk about. So you've you've been a ham operator for how long now? Well, in the early 60s, I don't remember the exact date, is when I got my first call. And uh, when I got my technician, I got this call that I have today, and I've kept it ever since. Um, Came back to the States, got out of the service, I worked for the state emergency management here in New Hampshire for uh, about 18 years as communications and uh, played a lot with amateur radio in that particular job. And we got a lot of the Aries uh, operations in the state of New Hampshire uh, set up through uh, the Department of Safety Office of Emergency Management. I think that's probably where I first bumped into you up in Concord uh, probably a a decade ago or something like that, huh? It was quite a while ago, and and, uh, we really enjoyed it while we were up there. It was a lot of fun working for them. Well, you've you've seen a lot of things change in ham radio, and and these days, especially in the last five or ten years, we've seen a lot of uh, computer involvement interfacing with ham radios, huh? Yes, we have. Um, One of the things that I've been playing with um, a couple of years ago is I got playing with a thing called uh, Echolink. So I've been on Echolink for quite a while. I've got a small node set up in my house. I live on the lake uh, here in Nottingham, and uh, um, I'll go out onto the lake with just an HT and spend the day out there, and I can talk to a lot of different people using the Echolink system uh, from my house. It, uh, it, it's a lot of fun to do that, and with one watt, you're talking all over uh, anywhere the Echolink uh, can go. So if you could uh, draw a block diagram, let's say, for people that are listening right now, um, how would you describe Echolink? Well, Echolink is a uh, simple connection of your radio through an interface. It's an isolation interface to your computer, which connects out to your uh, uh, Internet. And um, every station, if you will, or every um, node has a node number. And if you know the correct node numbers, you can connect to whoever is on the uh, system. So it sort of acts uh, like a wormhole using the Internet between your station and his station, right? Exactly. And um, the nice part is it's it's fairly inexpensive to do. Um, once you get the uh, radio, all you need is a uh, interface that allow you to connect the radio to the computer. 
and away you go. And register your software, register your call sign on Echolink, and away you go. You're you just it's just a couple of buttons on the radio, and you're uh, connected anywhere that the uh, Echolink can go. Well, it sounds like something I should spend uh, probably a whole podcast talking about uh, today, though. And we we set up a little bit for this. Uh, let's talk about D-Star. Can you can you uh, describe, say, in sixty seconds or less, what D-Star is? Sixty seconds or less. <laughs> <laughs> well, D-Star is a uh, form of digital voice over uh, amateur radio. It uses narrowband communications um, on the uh, two meters and four forty bands and. Uh, um, it just uh, digitizes your audio to ones and zeros and allows you to uh, connect out uh, using that system. Uh, the nice part is that it's, it's super quiet. You don't have uh, interference problems like you do with analog to speak of. Um, when you get out on the fringes, you may get what we call R2-D2 from time to time. <laughs> but it's, um, I think it's a fantastic tool. Um, it's just one more step of amateur radio using uh, digital um, and computers. Well, now, you uh, you give presentations about D-Star to some of the local ham clubs, right? That's correct. In fact, um, I'm gearing up to do one uh, very soon up at Lewiston, Maine, at the uh, Maine State Convention uh, coming up at the uh, end of this month. Um, I wonder if it would be possible, maybe right now, if you could sort of give an overview of that uh, presentation. I know you, without the slides it would be a little bit different, but uh, could we do that? Sure, we could, and um, I'll kind of give you the, the real basics on what it's all about. Okay, great. And um, I've got the advantage here of looking at, at your laptop, and I can see the, uh, the slides that you would present. We're going to talk about that a little bit more later. But uh, let's have a little bit of the overview of this presentation, Cal. Okay. Um, D-Star, Digital Smart Technology for Amateur Radio. Okay. It's been around for a while. It's a uh, product that came out of Japan. It's uh, It was, uh, shall we say, designed or... Uh, uh, brought about by the Japan Amateur Radio League, J-A-R-L. Um, it's an open source architect of uh, how this whole system works. The only problem that comes into play is that the the uh, chips that are used are proprietary to the company that, uh, that builds those down in Massachusetts. But anybody can do D-Star uh, as far as building the equipment or uh, putting it into play. Currently, ICOM is the only one that is, that's doing that. And how D-Star works is that it um, uh, there's several different implementations of type things. Uh, right now, it's on VHF and UHF. We have a 1.2 capability of voice, and then we have the 1.2 data channel, which is a high-speed uh, data connection for um, uh, Ethernet shall we say. That's something I actually had set up with my uh, radio out in the parking lot the other day. That was pretty slick. Yes, it is. And the nice part is that you're going to get some uh, what we call higher speed connection on the Internet. It's not really high speed, but it's higher than most people have seen in the past. Uh, it's DSL or low speed DSL type connection across the radio. That, well, that's what I was seeing. I went to uh, Google and I downloaded some email and it, it all actually it was a whole lot faster than I expected. It, it is quite fast um, for a lot of reasons. It, it's been working quite well for us. Um, on the t- VHF and UHF, 2 meters and 440 ports, uh, there is what we call low-speed data capability. And you're looking at between 1,200 and 2,400 baud uh, linking. 
the nice part with that is that you can send some pretty nice uh, f- small files, uh, text files and stuff. And for emergency communications, this has opened a lot of doors and a lot of capabilities. Well, that that's a good point. Now, when we've sent um, stuff digitally, like with Packet, in the past, it's just uh, text. But there's we don't have that limitation now with this, now do we? Right. Some of the... Um, the things that we've been able to do is there's a couple of programs uh, out there called D-Star, uh, D-Rats, and D-Coms, um, both of which have some pretty unique uh, uh, capabilities. And you can send some pretty small files. And you got to remember, you're, you're using the same frequency and the same repeaters that you would for voice, and you can do them simultaneously. At the same time, yeah. Exactly. So it's nice that you can carry on a conversation while you're transmitting some sort of data. If you're in an emergency situation and you've got a, a setup at a EOC or, or what have you, um, you can get that information without having multiple radios doing uh, the multiple different things that you can do with one radio now with D-Star and just hooking it up to the computer. And, of course, that file transfer type of thing is optional. Just to use D-Star, you can just use it as voice, right? That's correct. It, it's uh, voice and data simultaneously, but you don't have to use the data. One of the nice features about um, uh, a couple of the radios, uh, for example, the 2820, which is the dual-band mobile radio, uh, with the D-Star board in it, the board includes a uh, GPS Oh. So with that GPS going, um, you're transmitting your location all the time. And nobody hears it because it's all done in the background, which is pretty nice. And if you have your um, your uh, row set up correctly in your setup, it will also, through the network, transmit out to APRS. And people can watch you on the APRS screens through D-Star. Well, that's pretty handy. Yes, it is, and it's been a lot of fun. We've had, we've done a lot of experimenting with it uh, locally, and uh, it seems to work quite well. It's a little getting used to because you can't get information back from APRS at this point. I'm sure that's coming. It's just that right now you can't. <laughs> okay, well, we kind of got a little bit ahead of ourselves there. Um, most of our listeners are familiar with using an HT with a, a handheld unit to work a repeater. Um, could, could they do the same thing with D-Star? Yes, D-Star uses a repeater, just like an analog repeater. The difference is it's a narrowband repeater, so it takes up less spectrum, which is pretty nice because uh, in New England right now, what the Spectrum Management Council, uh, the people that, that gives us the, uh, the authorization to be on frequency, so to speak, um, they're trying to do it in between frequencies on the 145 meg portion of the band. So the um, repeaters that we're putting up don't show up as uh, the standard pairs that we know we're putting them in between for example the one repeater that we have that we just put up is on 145.40 and if you look at the band plan up until recently they've always been on like 39 or 41 okay and we're on 40 so it puts us right in between those two frequencies which bandwidth wise there's plenty of room okay and and just to be clear you can't just take a regular uh two-meter handheld and key up the D-Star repeater and and vice versa, right? That's correct. D-Star radio to operate a D-Star repeater and analog radio to operate an analog repeater at this point. 
it, it'd be probably as, as different as uh, getting on single sideband and trying to talk to somebody on FM, right? Exactly. And, you know, it, one of the things that's always come up is, why do I want to go to new technology? That's, that's a great question. The uh, One of the things that I go back to, and I've always been a purist about Internet and ham radio, but if you go back to way back, um, this was a little bit before my time as well, what happened when single sideband came out? Yes. All the AMers, it never will work. It's nothing. It's going to work right. It's just going to take up too much space. Well, look where we are today. Yep. We're way beyond the AM days. We've gone into sideband. We're now seeing some digital stuff coming out on um, 20 meters especially, like uh, WinDRM, where they're running uh, digital audio across the spectrum. This is just another facet of digital capability and by going to this you're using such a narrower uh, more narrow uh, spectrum that you're going to use up less spectrum on two meters and uh, 440 that i think it's going to be definitely a way of the future well now we talked about using the local repeater like if i were driving here to where you work and I wanted to give you a call on the repeater. I can do that. But uh, you and I did something a couple of weeks ago when I was coming back from Florida and I was in Virginia. You want to describe what happened? Sure. Um, one of the things that DSTARS allows us to do is call sign to call sign type connection. So if you put my call sign into your radio and you get on the local repeater in Pennsylvania, like you were, when you keyed up the mic, because I had talked on my local repeater, my local repeater knew where I was. It had told the network so that the repeater that you were on said, okay, I need to talk to the repeater in New Hampshire. When you called me by call sign, it came out on our speakers here, and I could hear you fine, and I could return that call. The second way to do it is to do what's called linking. To me, that's the more preferable way of doing it, is to link the repeaters together so you would have to know which call sign and which port you wanted to connect to at this end and you would put that into your uh, radio as a your call and it would come up and it would say okay link the two repeaters it would now link and then we could carry on a conversation and anybody on either end can hear both of us in the communications so um i know that people have some people have looked at the uh, instructions on how to do this and it, it does look a little bit complicated but once you establish that link, uh, what's involved in talking back and forth? Very simple. Once you've established the uh, the link, you need to switch back to a channel that you've pre-programmed that says CQ, CQ, CQ. That's going to be your call. Once you've gone back to that channel, now you're just going to commute just as if we were sitting right next to each other. It's the two repeaters are now one, and you just commute from one to the other. So it's... You push to talk and release to listen, right? Exactly, and away it goes. And uh, the neat thing about this whole thing is when you key your mic, I know who's on that other end because your radio has already told me your call sign. So if you just key the mic from Pennsylvania and say, hey, Cal, are you there? Guess what? I know it's KZ10 <laughs> calling. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I, I knew what was going to happen, but still it was kind of kind of eerie to have it happen. It's like, hey, Dave, how's it going? <laughs> Exactly, and, and it's it's been a challenge locally. Um, a couple of us have uh, tried to run for 20, 30, 40 minutes on a repeater and just carry on conversation without giving our call sign, verbally giving our call sign. And it's hard habit to break because <laughs> you know 
for years, we've always given our call sign every 10 minutes or less. Yep. Well, with D-Star, every time I key that microphone, my call sign is displayed. So do I need to physically say it? Well, we're not going to argue that point very far. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those things that uh, the whole the whole reason for identifying is to let to let it be known who you are. So it doesn't hurt, and and we're right. all proud of our own call sign. So what the heck? Exactly, and and I'm proud of mine, and I've had it for as long as I've had it, and I'm not changing. I like what I've got, and that's where it's going to stay. <laughs> so I do give it, and uh, but it was a neat, a neat experience or a neat, a neat ex- experiment to be able to try and. St- carry on a conversation for a long period of time and not say your call sign. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. Well, I'll tell you what, um, this this presentation you have here looks like you've put a lot of work into it, and um, if I could uh, suggest, at least in uh, the New England area, if, if somebody wants to uh, have you visit their club, would that be possible? By all means, and um, I'm going around to a couple of different clubs in the very near future. One is going to be the Maine State Convention. At the end of the month, I'm going down to Newport, Rhode Island to do a presentation uh, near the uh, Naval Academy with the uh, Red Cross and uh, uh, some emergency managers and a group of hams down there. I'm doing the Westford uh, Radio Group, uh, the Police Association Group uh, the next day. And then our um, uh, near fest that's coming up in May, I'll be doing a presentation there as well. Just by coincidence, it sounds like I'm going to watch at least two of them without even trying. Exactly, and you're more than welcome to come to any of them anytime. I wonder if I could ask you one more favor before we go. And um, if somebody would like to get into D Star, um, you don't even need a soldering iron. You can you can get everything off the shelf if you want to, right? Exactly. There's a couple of three different radios, and and one of the neat things is that there's a little device that you don't even have to have a radio for. Oh, it's, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. That's called a DV dongle. And the DV dongle plugs into your computer, into a USB port. Once you're registered, you can connect and talk which, to Which is free. Right. The, the registration's free. Right. <laughs> well, I say that. Some clubs uh, are charging an administrative cost to do that. Okay. Fortunately, our repeaters here in New England that I'm associated with right now uh, are not charging at this particular time. But once you're registered onto the gateway, then you uh, can log on with your dongle and uh, connect to any one of the uh, gateways or other repeaters. And the gateways is another topic of discussion on D-Star. Just to get people, uh, get their appetite whetted. Now, we're not, we're not just talking about gateways around New England, right? No, there's a ton of reflectors and gateways around the world. Um, unfortunately, right now, Japan is not in our system, so we can't talk directly to a, a gateway station or a reflector in Japan. You can talk to a D-Star user. It's a little bit more complicated in how you have to do the programming. But there are things now called reflectors, which are uh, basically a uh, chat room, if you will. It's a computer that's set up to allow multiple connections of repeaters simultaneously. And uh, just to give you a quick example, um, there is a group in California and northern um, or uh, western Canada they get together every Sunday and do a, uh, a Sunday net that runs for a couple hours, and they link like five repeaters together along the West Coast from Southern California all the way up to the Northern uh, Canada. And I've logged in a couple of times using the dongle and actually have checked in through that net, and it's quite a uh, neat way of doing it. That's great. I mean, uh, I could see how if somebody was, say, traveling on business and they couldn't 
for whatever reason they couldn't bring the radio with them, this would be a pretty nice alternative. Exactly. If you've got internet connection, of course, the faster the speed, the better it is. But uh, um, it works fantastic. Um, I've had a, a lot of fun using mine, and it's a great tool for testing um, the different repeaters in the area to make sure that they're up and functional properly as well. Great. Well, I said that would be my last favor I was going to ask. I am going to ask you one more, and that is if I could uh, get a list of um, um, informational sites on the Internet that I could put in the show notes so people could find out more about this. Is that okay? That's fine, and I'll uh, give you a comprehensive list of stuff to go to. But one of the things to do is to go to Google and Google D-Star, and you'll find a ton of information that way. Another way is to go to YouTube. And, and do a, a search on uh, D-Star on YouTube. And, again, there's a ton of uh, D-Star presentations on uh, YouTube. That's good. It's been around long enough where we have a lot of experts like yourself that people can talk to and learn how to set up the radio. I did want to mention that uh, Cal works for HRO, and we're sitting in one of the offices here Um Everything that Cal said uh, doesn't necessarily reflect the official position of HRO. Uh, we would like to thank them for letting me sit in the chair that I've borrowed here while we're doing this. I'm sure the boss won't mind too much. <laughs> okay. Well, Cal, WA1WOK, thanks so much for your time. This has really been a lot of fun, and, and it's just uh, just scratching the surface of what you can do with D-Star. Exactly. And um, maybe sometime we can get together again soon, Dave, and uh, maybe we can go into a little bit more in the future. That sounds great. Well, 73, Cal. 73, Dave, and 73 to everybody out on the net. 